Hello, hello, guys. So I know we all want to be booked and busy. That is the goal as estheticians. But in order to do so, we've got to be booked. This episode is in partnership with Gloss Genius. Made for salons and spas, Gloss Genius is the only business management and payments platform that makes it easy to grow revenue and enhance the client experience. From a beautiful online booking site to powerful marketing tools and low payment processing rates, Gloss Genius empowers you to run your full salon in a stylish and smart way while feeling supported at every step. For 50% off for two months, go to the link in the show notes and enter code TTR22F. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. Hello, happy Halloween. Welcome back to a special holiday edition of the Treatment Room Podcast, airing one day earlier than normal because I really wanted to do something festive and fun and Halloween themed. I am not dressing up in a costume this year. I'm not going out. I'm somebody, I love the fun of Halloween. Like I love seeing everyone's costumes. I love the vibe and like the spookiness of it. But I just don't really, I don't know, I don't love dressing up myself. I'm kind of a more Halloween movies and treats and watching from afar kind of Halloween person. And in case you are the same, I wanted to put out an episode so you could listen to and feel like you're doing something fun and festive. But if you are out on the town, if you are dressing up, I hope you're having a great time. And if you listen to this episode the next day. It's still totally evergreen content that I think and hope will be helpful and beneficial to you. So today we're going to be talking about some of the spookiest lessons I've learned in business so that whether you're an esthetician, a business owner, a future business owner, or just somebody who likes listening and hearing the ins and outs of our industry, I hope you like this episode. (laughs) I am a new-ish business owner of about three years. So these are some of the things I've kind of learned the hard way. You can never really fully prepare for all of these little individual uh, scenarios. Things are always coming up in business So I'm just hopeful that this is helpful, provides some additional insights, and just teaches you to be a little bit cautious and careful of the world we're living in. It's such a beautiful industry, and, you know, most days we're not dealing with crises. I hope hope not, but hard things can come up in business, and you want to be prepared, and you want to prepare for the worst. Expect the best, but just prepare for spooky things, I guess. (laughs) Okay, let's hop into this episode. I want to say it's 4.30. If you hear some doorbells or knocking, it's probably a kid outside who wants candy. So yeah, let's hop into it. Okay, lesson number one. Some people may not like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Vendors are not always a reliable source of education. 
It doesn't mean that your vendor can't be. It doesn't mean that brand education is not valuable. I've gotten a lot of my skin education from various brands, but I also really try to sprinkle in education from non-biased sources, people such as Douglas Preston, Michelle at Concepts Institute, other estheticians, and of course they can have their biases as well. But I just wanted to touch on the brand thing a little bit because I think we can, especially if we're newer and we haven't been exposed to so many ideas in our industry, a lot of time we can take a brand's messaging as facts. And it's not always the case. Every brand has their own messaging or agenda. And you want to keep in mind another little spooky learning, (laughs) but it's just true. The goal of every business is to make money. So it doesn't mean a, a brand can't have great core values. It doesn't mean they can't provide really solid education, but some trainings may be more of a reflection of the brand's unique philosophy. It may be, it may work, but it may be more their philosophy than a fact. And I feel like I see this coming up with a lot of estheticians who have only gotten acne training or who've been certified as acne specialists from a particular brand. And it's nothing against those brands. But again, bear in mind, their training is going to be based on what they sell. It's not based on textbook information. And when it comes to acne, there's a lot of different theories, a lot of different ideas around what will work, what we have to exclude. So just keep in mind that there might be caveats. Again, not saying what a particular brand is sharing is necessarily false, but it may kind of fall in a gray area. So keep that in mind. Don't take any brand training as absolute fact, unless it really is, you want to do your own research too. And here's the thing. Our clients are coming to us as independent businesses. So you want to be an independent independent thinker as well. You want to be able to back up the information that a brand has shared with fact and with evidence and, and with data or with outside clinical studies, don't take that information as, you know, rule. It, it may just be a philosophy that's unique to them. Spooky lesson number two, clients and people in general can switch up on you. I have noticed a big shift in certain personalities or who I thought people were when I've had to set boundaries around how and when I can be contacted, expecting my clients be on time and that they do show up for their appointments. It's really difficult to set boundaries, to stay firm to your policies. Like sometimes sometimes you honestly just want to look the other way because it can be more anxiety inducing to actually enforce a policy than 
it feels like it's worth sometimes. But once you start making those exceptions for one person or just allow it that one time, it really just gets worse from there. Because the first time you don't say anything, the next time it happens, your client's going to say, oh, I just thought you didn't care. I didn't know there was a policy. So really just sticking to your policies enforcing them and upholding them for everyone and being as clear as possible about them at every step of the way. Lesson number three, discounts and sales. Nothing spookier to me than attracting a client base based on discounts and sales. Ultimately, these types of promotions really attract people who are shopping for the lowest price. I think we want to understand in business, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. That really goes for all of your key messaging, whether it's a post on social media, whether it's an advertisement you put up in your store window, whether it's a conversation you have with a client, every action in your business has an equal and opposite reaction. When you get on Instagram and you promote your value, you share your amazing before and afters, you share a client testimonial, somebody who had an amazing experience with you and wants to talk about why you are irreplaceable to them and the value you have added to their life. That's promoting based on value and what you offer that makes you you. When you, on the other hand, promote sales and discounts, you are, again, attracting people who are are mainly looking for a low price. They're not looking for the best esthetician, the esthetician who has invested the most in their education, the best possible results. You are, again, attracting people who are looking to spend the least amount of money possible. And, you know, I think there can be a time and place for promotions and discounts. And, you know, if you are looking to to start in this industry, you want to get people in the door and you might be doing those kind of discounts in the beginning. And, you know, even if if you have a lot of experience, you have full books, there might be a time and place to celebrate with certain promotions and they're not all totally, you know, spooky and evil. But I think, again, it comes down to what's your overall messaging? Are most of the newsletters you send out about what's new to the business, what value you bring and, you know, what you're excited to introduce your clients to, what you're excited to inform them about, or are they mostly just sharing deals, discounts, promo codes? Um, you want to be really careful because you want to be careful about everyone you let into your business. And over time, you want clients who are ride or die for you, who are your golden clients, who 
aren't going to mind if you raise your prices $20 because the economy dips. So just, just bear that in mind, what you promote, you attract. Number four, under promise and over deliver. So I think in our industry, we can get a lot of questions such as, what kind of timeline can I expect for clearing my skin or to see this kind of, you know, result, you know, targeting my melasma, um, getting rid of this wrinkle that bothers me. It's okay to either say, let me think about that, or it's okay to say, I actually don't provide that answer and here's why. The reason I don't provide a timeline is because I find results are so dependent on so many factors. It's going to depend on how well somebody's skin responds to treatment. That I can't predict. I can't speak to everyone's lifestyle or how regimented they're going to be, how dedicated they are, how closely they follow my guidelines. Um, I, I have seen clients clear their skin in two months. I've had other clients on the exact same routine really struggle and, you know, need 11 months to get clear. It's really hard in our in our industry to kind of anticipate these things. Or here's another thing that can come up. What would you guess is going to be the cost of my home care routine? I have gotten myself in trouble because I always want to be transparent. I want to to provide an answer. And I think when a lot of people are put on the spot, especially in a consumer facing industry, we can be people pleasers. We want to give them the information they're seeking. Or maybe we feel like if I don't provide an answer and it's not low enough, she's just going to go on to the next person. Let them. It's so much better to say, I can't give that answer to you. I wish I could, but I really need to see you. I need to look at your skin. I need to create a regimen and, you know, understand what you're going to need based on what you have at home. Um, you could give a range, but again, it's, it, it could be possible that they don't have anything at home. Maybe they don't have sunscreen cleanser, and they want to treat their acne. They're going to need a few products for that. So all I'm saying is you can shoot yourself in the foot sometimes unintentionally by wanting to provide answers when it's really more of a we need to meet, discuss, and see. Lesson number five. <laughs> a lot of us don't like to do this. Read the fine print. So in our industry, as business owners, we are going to be working with a lot of different vendors, a lot of other businesses that we use to service our clients. 
I'm surprised by the number of, of contracts and just the fine print I read on a daily basis, whether it's working with a wholesale account or a certain manufacturer or talking with a brand rep about a social media deal. Contracts are really, really major in our industry and I think a lot of texts can be very intimidating. I mean, I've had contracts, I'm not even kidding, that are 42 pages long and who has time to look at those things? So if I don't have the time to dedicate to reading a 40-page contract, I'm probably not going to do that deal. Or um, another option is to hire a lawyer to look through a contract with you if it's something you absolutely must sign, if it's something that feels very confusing, very overwhelming, that's not straightforward, but you absolutely must do it, I would consider hiring somebody. I love recommending my friend Danielle Stead. I'll put her information in the show notes. She is an attorney and she specializes in contracts and reading these kinds of things. So She's amazing. It's not my wheelhouse looking at contracts, but there have been times where I've really needed someone. Um, there's also legal Zoom, so there are different resources to to support you and help you in reading through contracts. But my main lesson was just to share: don't assume that a vendor you're signing with has your best interest at heart, because again, goes back to what I said about the goal of every business being to make money. Contracts are usually there to protect that business entity, not to protect you. And again, not to speak you too much to think all contracts are scary and people are out to get you and scam you, but you just want to be aware of what you're signing. I wouldn't sign anything I don't fully understand. Moving on to number six, on a more serious note, I know safety is not always at the forefront of our minds as business owners, right? When we open a new business, our first thought is how do I get people in the door, anyone in the door? How do I promote myself? How do I make myself stand out? And I feel like, again, yeah, safety isn't always the first thing we're thinking about. And as time goes on, we can even forget about it more as we get more comfortable in our space, as we fall in love with our clients and servicing them. But it's something that's come up just in my friend group a lot more is this concept of safety, especially because most of my friends in the industry are female. I know a lot of us are. I know we can work solo. We can work late. We might be the only ones like, you know, locking up the space and it gets dark pretty early these days. Sometimes we're walking back to our car. I shudder to think about this, but in my early days of working for spas, I would park kind of like by the water in San Francisco where there's this big parking lot because it was free parking I would walk (laughs) 
This sounds so dumb, but I know I can't be the only one. I would walk 20 minutes to and from work every day. And I feel like if you live in a big cosmopolitan area or a big a big city, a lot of times we're walking a ways to our car. So if that's you, maybe reconsider. Don't do what I did. I mean, I was okay. I feel very comfortable in San Francisco because I've grown up there. But also, we're never we're never guaranteed safety because of where we live, even if we're, you know, in the same town we've lived our whole lives. You just never know. And I would just think about you know, if something were to happen that's unexpected, if somebody were to come into my space, which I've had friends say they've had, you know, unsafe characters come into their space, how would you react? How would you protect yourself? Do you have a room you can go to where it has a lock? Do you have a phone in that room where you can call somebody? Do you have an emergency contact? Do you have any way to defend yourself? And I know it sucks to talk about. It's something that could feel a little bit scary to think about, but it is always better to be prepared than to never think about it at all. And on that note, just also be careful of your personal information that you're posting online. I think we live in a really unique time where pretty much all of us are marketing ourselves, our faces, you know, our businesses. We do share personal information and a lot of us post our name and addresses. And I feel like that's pretty unprecedented, but it just makes you think twice about the information you put out there online. I really try to never, never share you know, a lot of the places that I frequent, such as my gym or the outside of my home, um, you know, little things like that. I've had people ask in my DMs where I live just out of friendliness and um, curiosity, but I just don't share that specific information because I am paranoid and I think it's it's just better better to be safe than sorry. On that note, number seven, if somebody makes you feel off, uncomfortable, or unsafe, know that you always have the right to stop the service immediately and not to service them. Whether they've paid you or not, that's the last thing you need to worry about. Don't feel indebted or owed to deal with any kind of behavior that makes you feel uncomfortable or unsafe just because somebody has already, you know, paid you. Trust your gut. Don't let fear of politeness or a poor review, you know, thinking, ah, I just don't want to make it weird. I don't want to speak up because I don't want somebody to leave a negative Yelp review. Something that's so unfortunate, it does impact our business and it's awful, but your safety, again, is number one. And again, don't let fear of of sounding weird, of speaking up for yourself and feeling rude stop you from removing yourself from the situation if you don't feel safe. Um, even if that means only servicing female clients, you know, I think it's just something to 
think about again, and it is your right as a business owner. I think a lot of us are working in our studios alone as women late at night. You have the right to feel safe in your business. And if you are seeing somebody new, it could feel a little bit <laughs> like overkill, but you know, maybe telling somebody in the suite next door you're seeing somebody new, letting a loved one know that you know, you're going to be in the appointment from this time to this time, just kind of letting those around you know what's going on. Okay, number eight spooky lesson is going beyond your scope of practice. It's just entirely not worth it. But again, I think these are the scenarios where we can feel really put on the spot and pressured to make our customer happy. We're always told the customer is always right. But at the end of the day, our customer doesn't understand our scope of practice always. They may not understand the ramifications of going beyond our scope of practice. And I think a lot of us have heard this like at least once, you know, a customer saying my old esthetician did this and maybe somebody just not understanding why you won't overextend yourself just because the person they saw in the past did. Again, when you're put on the spot, it's really easy to want to people please or to provide an answer. So just try to know your no's. Lesson number nine is knowing when to listen to your clients. There's definitely a time and place for putting your foot down as the professional, whether it's for a certain outcome or for safety, or you just need to steer them in another direction. But I feel like sometimes as the professional, we can feel like we know best, and sometimes we might feel like our clients' preferences are not as important as what we think will provide the best experience or is the way to do things. But I think a lot of people just want to feel heard. I know when I go get my hair done or go to a doctor's appointment, if if I feel like the professional was going to do what they were going to do no matter what I say, I'm probably not going back. I love that my hairdresser wants to have a thorough consultation before she touches my hair. She wants to ask a lot of questions. She wants to look at pictures. She even asks like at the end of that very thorough consultation, is there anything else you wanted to tell me? She's very thorough with it. It makes me feel so seen and heard and like she's not just trying to rush me along. Um, for the sake of getting the service done. When I have a doctor that asks a lot of questions, that listens, that asks, asks about past treatments or things that have worked or haven't worked for me, it makes me feel good. And I think our clients feel the same way. I think it comes down to respect and no matter who's the client, who's the business owner, everyone wants to feel respected and heard. And we just, we want our clients to feel listened to. We want them 
to know that their unique experience matters. So here's an example, say a client really prefers to avoid fragrance in their treatments or their home care, but the esthetician feels like fragrance is just part of this industry. It's harmless. It's not going to hurt you. You know, there's so much greenwashing and it's all kind of over the top. None of that matters if the client truly does not enjoy fragrance or it gives them a migraine or they feel like it affects a certain health condition. So we want to be mindful of their preferences because in those kind of situations when we just rule with an iron fist or feel like we know best and we know the the way to do things or we get used to a certain cookie cutter experience or we feel like I've used this product on hundreds of people and they all love it. Your concern is not something that overrides that. I I think it can be a mistake. So we really just want to listen and remember why we're in business in the first place, which is to help people. And part of that is making them feel listened to. Number 10, make sure you understand your pay structure and whether your wage can support your lifestyle. I worked with a mentor years ago, and one of the first questions he asked me was, how much money do you need to make to support your lifestyle? Or what kind of money would you like to make to support a certain lifestyle? From there, let's work backwards and figure out how you can achieve that. I feel like that's a really valuable exercise for anybody, no matter where they're at in their career. And if you work for yourself, making sure you have a good grasp on your profit and expenses because nothing is spookier than being so far in debt that the business no longer makes sense or you're not sure how you can maintain your lifestyle. So understand your revenue or the money coming in your business is not your profit. You want to be aware of your profit and loss and your overall net profit. Don't be scared of your numbers. It took me time to get used to them too, (laughs) but sometimes you can be pleasantly surprised when you actually look at your numbers. It's not always scary as you made it out to be in your head, but get comfortable looking at your bank statements every month, looking at all of your expenses and going into your QuickBooks and seeing your profit loss what is actually your profit. (laughs) Make sure you know those numbers. You see them regularly and they're not intimidating. I think we all have to get over that hurdle at some point and kind of getting involved with your numbers and looking at them is the first step in ensuring that you are profitable. That wraps up my spookiest lessons I have learned in business. I want to know which one was the most helpful to you or if there are any you'd like me to expand upon. 
talk more about in a future podcast. Don't forget, you can share the episode on social media at me, my SD Tessa, in your posts and stories. And if you can, I always appreciate your five-star reviews. All you have to do is really just tap the five stars. It takes two seconds. If you want to go the extra mile, you can leave me a few kind, honest words about how this podcast benefits you. Pass it on and share the love with others. And with that, I will talk to you guys next week. I hope you have an amazing holiday and stay safe.